Good morning, church. Man, it is so good to be back here with you this morning. You know what today is, right? And what does Sunday mean? That's right, man. It's our fun day. Man, it's our fun day to come and sing praises and worship our awesome God and turn and celebrate life change by his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, oh man. Good morning to all of you who are joining us online. I love that God's word doesn't stay in-house but has the potential to reach the world. Uh, this truth that Jesus changes <clears throat> everything. Amen. I heard it over here before. I even got a chance to say it out there. Come on. And if you're new with us, welcome. Man, come on, church. Give it up for our guests. Yeah. If you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, man. We love the fact that you are here. We love that you're joining us. We hope that you experience a God in an awesome way today. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors on staff. It is my prayer that you experience the love of Jesus in a real personal way this morning. We've been talking about that already this morning. Church, this morning we continue our latest series titled Unleash, this idea of breaking free from normalcy. You know, as I was writing this series, um, I, this image came to mind. It's, it's probably not the best, but I'm going to share it anyways. This idea of a dog and a leash, okay? This idea of a dog and a leash, and it's run past its length. Have you ever seen that happen in your life? Ever seen that happen? Show me a raise your hand. You see this dog, he gets all excited, and he starts running, whoop, bang, right? They get pulled back to reality. They get that, while they're looking at what they want, what they want to go for, doesn't become fruition in their lives because they are too busy running at it and they are leashed, right? In the reality, they're being controlled by something. In reality, they're being limited in what they can do. This idea kept on coming back when I was writing the series, back and back and back. And then the God expanded and said, okay, we had this great invention called the retractable leash. Come on, to make, put insult to injury, we built this thing that makes them feel like they have all this power. Like, we're, we're this is wonderful. This is, I have all this freedom. I can walk around. What's that? Boom! Again. They're brought back to reality. They're brought back to reality. Okay, I feel like I have this freedom. I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I feel like I have this best life. But when I start really going after what is in front of me, I'm hitched. I'm in, I'm in control of something else, by something else. And I think, I think, church, this is what happens in our lives. Not that we're dogs, okay? I just want to make sure we're clear with that. Many of us, if not of all of us in this room, have become leashed in life. We are being controlled and limited by the things of this world that we have attached ourselves to. We are being told how to live. We are being bombarded by cultural beliefs. We're being sweet-talked by society and its accepted way. We have become leashed by our possessions, our pleasures, our performances, our people, our I try to think of some other things to start with a P. And if we're honest, many of us, more time than not, live with this retractable leash idea. We're going through life feeling it has this appearance of freedom. And we, we're experiencing it all, baby. But we're limited from the abundant life that Jesus came 
the give because we're leashed. See, Jesus says to us that I have come to give him life and life to the full. Life to the full. Pastor Dre walked us through this last Sunday. The truth is, friends, the best life is found in eternity with Jesus. Right? The eternity with Jesus. Heaven is our home. That's our final destination for those who believe. But it doesn't mean we have nothing to look forward to. It doesn't mean we have nothing to embrace or live out right now. See, Jesus came to give us the best life ever and ever. Amen. Absolutely. But he also, he came to so we can experience all the fullness of the freedom that his love gives us right here, right now. I love the conversation we had in small group. There's so many things that are holding back. We broke this down and started challenging us. In fact, we challenged each other as a group to pray, and I'm going to throw it down to you as a church, to have a conversation with God this week, asking him to reveal to you where you are being leashed. God, show me what's in my life that's holding me back from what you have for me. Show me. Because I'm sure we're missing something. You know, I started throwing out some ideas and things we don't think about. What, about. what about our attitudes? What about the bitterness that sits in our hearts? What about the unforgiveness that we're holding on to because we fail to let things go? What about social acceptance? We're going to do what everybody else is doing because everybody's doing it, baby. What about some of our habits? What about some of the lifestyle things that we're choosing to do? See, there's so many things that we can caught up and get leashed on that control us, that limit what God has for us. Too many of God's children, friends, are living in bondage and in control. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's depression, maybe it's loneliness. Too many of God's people are knowingly, or maybe even knowingly, limit, living limited lives. I believe, church, I believe if you pay attention and you're honest with yourself and you walk through this series and you're willing to take your next steps, this series has the potential to change your life and lease you to this new life, the full life that God has for you. A couple years ago, I was reading a book by Craig Rochelle titled Divine Direction, and he wrote something down that I believe that it only, it not only applies to this series, but our lives as a whole. He said, your best decision, your best decision is the one that helps you be the person that God called you to be, amen? Come on. Your best decision is the next one. The very next one that helps you be the person that God called you to be. And I share this for one reason. You have to decide to be unleashed. You have to decide, like, I am sick and tired of living a limited life. I'm sick and tired of living a life that goes this far when God promised me this far. You have to reach back and unhook it, friends. Because here's the truth. It won't let go on its own. Whatever is holding you back, whatever is limiting your life, is not going to go, hey, you want to just go experience everything God has for you. You have to decide. I'm done living here. I want to live this. All 
that God has for me. Unleashing our lives started last week when Pastor Dre hit us straight with two simple actions. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Pretty simple. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Now, I was driving my small group absolutely bonkers last week. They're like, what are the answers you're looking for, Rich? I'm just saying it on repeat. Because I don't know about you, there's things in my life I hear to need, need to hear more than once. Listen to Jesus. Do what he says. This morning, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. <clears throat> we're going to make things a little bit more personal. Unleashing our lives continues when we unleash what we have. Unleashing our lives continues when we unleash what we have. Now, I just want to ask a question here. When I threw that out there, who here thought I was talking about your money? No one? Guys, you guys are real spiritual. (laughs) The truth is, you're way more than what's in your wallet. Unleashing what you have is unleashing what you have been given. And that includes our time, that includes our talents, and our resources. This morning, as we dig into Scripture, we're going to see firsthand how God uses what we've been given in a far greater capacity than we can ever ask or imagine. See, too often as we walk through this world, we think by holding on to what we have, or getting more, 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 that leads us to the greatest life. But when we see scripture, that's not even close to being true. When we release, when we unleash what we've been given, the impact is so much greater in our lives and in the lives of those around us. You ready for this? Sweet, open your Bibles. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, we're going to kick off things at uh, verse 30 this morning. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. If you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in because you don't have one, take that. That's our gift for you, right? You open it up at 686. Mark 6, starting at verse 30, page 686 in the orange Bibles. If you're right now as you're opening your Bibles or your Bible apps, whatever you're getting to, this is what is known as the feeding of the 5,000. It's got a little header there. Very interesting fact about this story that we're getting into is the only miracle that Jesus performs that's recorded in all four Gospels. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. It's the only miracle Jesus performed that's recorded in all four Gospels. It's called Feeding of the 5,000 because we're going to get to the end of this, end of this uh, passage and it's going to say a feeding of 5,000. That's why it's called that. In fact, if you go to Matthew's account of this miracle, he says 5,000 men besides women and children. And what it says, most scholars believe there was far, far more than 5,000 people. Some say up to almost 20,000. That's crazy. But as we step into this passage this morning and have a conversation with God, we see that Jesus has been attracting the crowds of people. That they were coming from all over the place to watch, listen, and to follow him. Listen, friends, the word was out. 
This guy from Nazareth, this dude was doing some pretty amazing things, right? He was, he was healing the people with diseases. He was casting out demons. He, this guy was raising people from the dead. And all these people started hearing this stuff, and they wanted to go be where he was at. They want to experience it for themselves. Also at this time as we step in, we see that Jesus' disciples, the apostles, were returning from their little missions trip. Jesus just got done sending them out two by two to go preach the kingdom of God and to proclaim the truth. And they're all coming together. And we're going to slide right in here at verse 30 this morning where you can follow along on a screen. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving, recognized them, ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Let's just stop right there. Did you just catch that? They ran after Jesus. They ran after Jesus. They pursued him from town to town. I'm sure they didn't fully understand or know who Jesus was or what he was going to do. But they did know what they heard and what they were seeing, and they wanted to be where he was at. They wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be with Jesus. Now, this might be a little bit of a sidebar this morning, but I wonder if we pursue Jesus this way. I wonder in our lives, our everyday lives, do we chase after Jesus? Are we so amazed what he's been doing in our lives, what we've seen him do in the lives of other people, that we're running at him with everything that we have? Because we want to be close to him. We want to experience all that he has for us. Are we chasing him? Look what happens next in verse 34. It says, when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began the teaching them many things. Let's just stop there again. Sheep without a shepherd. Now, if you heard last Sunday, I have no idea where Pastor Dre found all those ridiculous stories about sheep. My favorite one was the ones that went over the mountain. And everybody else was like, yo, let's just follow that dude. And they all went off the mountain and they all died. Well, not the ones that went last because they bounced off the bodies of their friends. Right? I have no idea where you got those stories, but I was thoroughly attached to them. Um, but knowing this idea, we walked this idea last week, that sheep without a shepherd, a life is a, is a lost, it's a wandering, and a potentially deadly life. We need a shepherd. And so when it comes to us, it says Jesus had compassion on them. Our first step of unleashing what we have is very, very simple. We need to unleash our compassion for others. You, church, need to unleash your compassion. Jesus, seeing people who are willing to do almost anything to follow him, he sees their situation and he says, I have compassion on them. And when we see Jesus do this, he models for us the heart that you and I are to have for other people, a heart filled with compassion for them, a heart filled with having sympathy, caring for, overflowing with love for others. 
We're to unleash the compassion we have for others. Now, one of the truths that I love so much about our church is the depth of love and compassion that we have for other people. It is absolutely crazy. Some of you just bleed compassion, okay? You just bleed it. Don't stop. You are modeling Jesus to the rest of us. Don't stop. But for the rest of us, that's not always true, is it? We don't just bleed compassion for real. I mean, come on, for reals, do we? We need help in this area. That's why I love how the disciples responded to these people. Because it's a, it's a reality of the rest of us. It gives us an accurate image of what so often happens in our lives. Look at this in verse 35. This is by the time, this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. They came to Jesus. They said, this is a remote place. And it's, it's already very late. Send these people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, Jesus, answered, you give them something to eat. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. It's late. We're tired. We're hungry, maybe even hangry. These people are all up in our grill. They're taking our time. They're in our space. Come on, just, let's just send them away. They're going to look for some food, don't you know? And we don't have it. Have you ever been there? You ever been there? Tired? And you just need a break? You feel in of life, you just come out, I just give out. I'm just giving out, I give out, and I give out, and I give more and more and more, and you're spent. You know, you do it at work, for your family, you do it in ministry, you do it in your small group, you're fatigued. Come on, moms. Seeing home moms, man, you have so much respect for me. Just taking the full responsibility of, of caring for your kids. Makes you feel as you have nothing left. Have you ever been there? We might feel like Jesus' disciples. We may walk around in life feeling like, man, I, I am just tired. I'm just ready to call a day. I can't give one more thing. And God has got to say, look, 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 listen, listen. We're not done yet. Many times God is saying, we're just getting started. Friends, what we need to realize is that we need Jesus. Only Jesus can fill our tanks. When we try to run it alone, we will run it empty. When we try to run it alone, we will run it empty. Jesus has unlimited compassion. If you don't run with him or pursue him in your life, you will run on empty for others. You will look at this oncoming crowd looking at you, people in your life that needs help, needs your compassion, the one that models like Jesus. You'll be like the rest of his disciples, like, send them away. I have no time or energy or enough of anything for them. 
Well, maybe you're running it on your own. And you're running on empty. Friends, we can't love and minister to the lives of others with an empty bucket. It just doesn't work. We need to be pursuing Jesus. We need to be in his word daily. Church, read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Develop a, a growing in, in the knowledge and relationship with this truth of this mighty God. Draw close to him. And as we draw close to him, we get filled with him. It overflows from us. What Jesus is pouring in us, we start pouring on, on others. We minister to other people on the overflows of our lives with Jesus. You can't give what you don't have. And when we have this deep relationship with Jesus, he, man, he just fills us. He'll give us what we need. And like it or not, he will push us to do more than we thought ever possible. We say, Jesus, I'm just tired. I want to go to bed and watch the latest show. He says, get up. Go love on your neighbor. There's a direct connection with the love of Jesus being poured into our lives how much we pour out the love and have compassion for others. you got to see the response. Look at this, look at this. The end of that verse says, they said to him, well, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? <laughs> what? Did you hear their heart? Even when Jesus told them what to do, they questioned him. And Jesus says, listen, 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 I know where you're at. I know that you're tired. I know you just came back from ministering all these towns. You probably had a hard time, but I'm asking you to trust me. See, when we read this, most of the time we miss where Jesus was ministering from at this point. See, if you go back and read your Bibles later on this afternoon, go back to the beginning of chapter 6 you'll see that where Jesus had just lost his cousin, John the Baptist was just beheaded by the king. In the midst of this tragedy, in the midst of this loss and this trauma in his life, Jesus still filled, overflowing with compassion for those who were before him. That's absolutely amazing. There is no real way to describe the compassion Jesus had for his people. But maybe this morning, this story can give us a glimpse of who Jesus is and what he's called us to do. Because this is what happens when we do. When you unleash your compassion, your compassion unleashes your giving. When you unleash your compassion, like, I, I love these people. I want to do the best. I want to be a part of their lives. They need something. I have it. When you do that, you're more freeing to give. When we're filled with compassion for others, it loosens the grip on what we have. This is our time. This is our talents, our, our abilities, our skills, and this is our resources. Look what happens next in verse 38. It says, how many loaves do we have, Jesus asked. He said, go and see. And when they found out, they said to him, we have five and two fish. 
What we don't see in this passage, what we do find in John chapter 6, is when they searched to find out what they had, Andrew, one of the disciples that were with them, discovered they had come from a little boy. A little boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Look, at this boy in verse 9. It says there's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. This is what they had. There is no way, friends, that they, Andrew knew or this little boy knew what Jesus was going to do with this small amount of food. There's no way. But they still gave it up. It was probably, probably all this little boy had. He probably just brought it from his family. Like, I got this is what I have. I'm gonna give it to Jesus. Well, that's no different than us. For us. We have no idea what God would do when we give. We just need to be filled with enough compassion for others that we're willing to let go of what we have. Let's talk about time. Stopping and visiting others and see how they're doing. I heard on New Year's Eve that uh, Steve and Vicki Basham went around to some people, I think you're over there, Vicki, you went to some houses because we served communion and the people were shut in. They went and served and they spent some time with them. That's amazing. You know, what, what do you have? This is going to the hospital. This is making that call when God puts something in your heart to, to reach out to someone who may need some love that day. And the average, we talked about this we waste too much time. So why wouldn't we want to take some of it and make a kingdom difference in someone else's life? Make the most of every opportunity. We can give our talents, right? We can give our talents, our skills and our abilities. This is using what God has given us. When he created us, our skills and abilities, that we, what we have learned, and we can take all that and learn to help others. Some of us in this room can fix cars. I can't, but some of you can. Some of you know how to do some carpentry work. Not me, but you. Some of you can have these electrical skills. Again, not this guy, but some of you do. You get the point, right? It's stepping into the lives of those around us and using how God created us because we see a need and we meet a need. We need to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. I know he's probably going to unfriend me and shake his head in disapproval that I'm sharing this, uh, but Ken, you have lived this out of my life. You have lived this out of my life. Uh, I have this room in our house in the basement that I've been trying to work on since we bought the house almost a year ago, and Ken has stepped in and helped me get it ready. Now, I don't know if it's full, his full of compassion for me or his fear for my life with me working with power tools. <laughs> Either or. Both. Thank you, brother, for imaging and modeling Jesus in my life. We also can show compassion by the giving of our resources. Yes, this could be financial. Yes, this is giving back to God. You give to God and you can do some amazing things. That's why you give to the church. He calls us to give to his ministry, the church, so we can reach people for Jesus. But it's also our resource. Maybe we have some things that we don't need, but someone else does. 
I've witnessed firsthand people who have had an extra vehicle that instead of trading in to get that little extra cash back, to lower your payment, $3, they decided to give it to someone who needs a vehicle. I witnessed firsthand large sums of money pass hands from one family to another because they needed it. They blessed them. All these situations come from a heart of compassion for others. That we unleash our compassion and we unleash our compassion and it leads us to unleash our giving. We give up some of our time. We use what God has created us and we give some of the things that we don't need and people do. Maybe we do need it. We decide to give to them anyways. Compassion unleashes our giving. Amen? How about we close in prayer? Wait! Totally joking. We're not done yet. We're not done yet because the best hasn't been revealed. This leads to the miracle, friends. We're just going to stop this story right here. No! Come on, we got some stuff to talk about Jesus. Look at verse 39. I can't believe you all fell for that. That was awesome. Don't tell second service. All right, look at it. Look at verse 39. Then Jesus, what did he do? He directed them to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. Verse 40 says, then they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. He says, take the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heavens, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He gave them to his disciples and distributed to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Listen, 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 listen. They all ate... And they all were satisfied. Okay. Five loaves of bread, two fish. They all ate, and they're all satisfied. Over 5,000 people. Come on, Jesus. But wait, there's more. There's leftovers. Look at this, look at this. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. He took this little amount of food and fed the abundance of people and he had leftovers. Come on, that is Jesus. And plain and simple, friends, this is the last point, you need to hear this. Jesus multiplies what you give. We need to unleash our compassion when we unleash our compassion, it gives us an idea of unleashing what we can give. And when we give, Jesus multiplies. This boy came to Jesus, again, maybe all that he had, and Jesus multiplied this generous gift, and to me it feeds so many people. He took this little amount, gave it to Jesus, and Jesus performed a miracle When you decide, when I decide, when we decide as a church to put what we have in the hands of Jesus, what he can do is nothing short of amazing. Think about this, think about this. When you place your family in his hands, what happens? When you put your eternal soul in his hands, he multiplied. You get this little life, and he multiplied this eternal life. When you put school, students, 
When you come to him and say, look at this, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you this, he continues to multiply in you to do stronger and better things for his glory. Couples, when you put your marriage in his hands, what happens? How many times I've, I've sat with couples and they're at the edge of the sea like, I'm done with this marriage, I don't want anything to do with her, I don't want anything to do with him, blah, 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 blah. And they gave it all to Jesus and he multiplied them into this amazing life together. That they were meant to not just survive in their marriage, they realized that Jesus wanted them to thrive in their marriage. Our friendships, and the list can go on, 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 on. When we put whatever we have in his hands, we give him, Jesus, the material for the miracle. Let me say that again. When we put whatever we have in his hands, we give him, Jesus, the material for the miracle. Now, come on. Jesus is God. He doesn't need what we have. He, can, look, he just made that multiply. He turned water into wine. No, no. What Jesus wants us to do is to live open-handed. He wants to use us, his church, for his glory. When we come back, we're like, okay, I have this. I'm giving it to you. Jesus like, oh, watch out. Here it goes. Watch what happens. Friends, Jesus can't multiply what we don't give him. When it comes to what we have, we have to fight the desire to hold everything to ourselves. Living in a compassion-free zone, we give back. And when we give back to God, he's able to do far more, multiply it far more than we ever think or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 is on the screen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. According to his power... His power that is work within, say that word, within. Oh, snap. It means Jesus wants to use his church. He wants to use you to make a kingdom difference. Immeasurably more is a simply the simple phrase meaning we'll never understand the full effect of our compassion for others as it's poured out. What it can do. We can never fully comprehend God will take what we give him and make it explode. And the ripple effect, ripple effect is endless. Let me say it this way. Never underestimate what God can do with what you can do. Never underestimate what God can do with what you can do. Friends, an unleashed life, a life lived to the full, the best life possible, is never a life that's focused on self. It isn't. It's lived with a deep compassion for others, following the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to unleash your life? Unleash what you have been given. Set it free and let God do something amazing with it. That's what he desires. And in that you'll find joy. 
In that you'll find joy. And in that you'll find that you can make a difference for the kingdom. And in that you'll become more like Jesus and less like the world. That's what God has for every single one of us. I want to say this real quick, very, very simple, very, very clear. If you don't have Jesus in your life, he is not the Lord of your life. You never stopped and prayed and surrendered all to him. This is all just future joy, future freedom. Everything starts with you accepting Jesus. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've walked through all your life. I don't know what you heard about Jesus. I don't even know what you experienced about other Christians. But you need to know how much God loves you. You need to know the life that he has for you. And if you're in this room, today could be the day that you can embrace this life to the full by praying and surrendering your life to him. Don't walk out those doors, go to tomorrow's work and think that you have everything you need because if you don't have Jesus, you don't. So I'm going to pray. If you feel led, not feel led, forget that word. Shh. Convicted, if the Spirit's telling you you need Jesus, do it this morning. It's not about feelings. Make it real, make it right. And when I say amen, what I want you to do is I want you to come up to our prayer team I want you to tell them what you just did. I want you to come up and say, I just gave my life to Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing now, but I believe and I'm giving in my life. They're going to like, yeah. And we're going to help you take some next steps. For the rest of us who have given our life to Jesus, we say he is our Lord and Savior. It's time for us to model. Do you live with deep compassion for other people in your life? Are you unleashing what you've been given to to bless the socks of other people? Are you letting God use you and what he's given you to give it back to multiply for kingdom purposes? It's the realities of scripture and the life that God's called us to live. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love your mercy, your forgiveness. God, thank you for Jesus. You saw that your your creation, your people were living in bondage, filled with brokenness, walking in fear, aimed towards eternal death, and you loved us so much you sent your son Jesus Christ. That he came to give us life, life to the full. He came to pull us out of the darkness and walk in the light with him. God, I don't know who's in this room who needs you, but you do and they do. So I pray this morning that you're, you are ripping apart their heart, pulling apart some pride, pulling apart whatever's in the way so they can have access to this relationship with you. If you're in this room, it's, we're going to say some words. I'm going to pray. Just, just You can copy me. We're saying some words. That's wonderful. But it really means is you're surrendering your life to Jesus. You don't have to know everything. What you do need to know is Jesus is the Son of God.
that he came and lived a perfect life. That he died for your sin, my sin, sin of all humanity. And he conquered a grave three days later and he sits at the right hand of God right now. And in that truth, you have such faith this morning, you're going to surrender all over to him. In that truth, you, you have such faith that you're willing to take a step that you never thought was possible in your life. So that's you. Pray with me. Father, forgive me. Forgive how I've been living. Living a life without you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he's your son. I believed he lived a perfect life. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. And three days later, he rose again. Today, I give you my life. I make Jesus my Lord. I am all in. Thank you for accepting me. If you just prayed that, you honestly believed it to the core you are that you're giving your life. After service, I'm going to ask the prayer team up right now, and I'm going to ask you to come to them after service. Come and have a conversation about understanding what this new life in Jesus is. God, thank you for all those who are struggling with a decision right now that you're moving beyond themselves to accept you. Thank you for Jesus modeling the compassion we're going to have to others. God, I pray that we are a church who lives open-handed, that we become a church who is overflowing with compassion. God, I pray that you take everything that we surrender to you and multiply it for a kingdom difference. Help us get out of our own way and follow you this abundant life that you provide. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless, church. Prayer team, come on forward. If you need to come forward, come have a conversation, please.